Kia This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Welcome back to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. I'm Sadie. I'm Laura. Oh, I'm Mike. I'm always, Laura. I always forget to put the mic on in time, <laughs> don't <you? laughs> uh, Yeah. And, you know, Sadie, we've done, like, such a cool job on B-Side Stories of um, talking about fresh water. Yes, especially lately. It's been a bit of a theme. Yes. We're, we're, we're on a roll. We've had interviews with um, a, a water engineer, Stu Ferret, who talked about how there's inanga swimming in the, in the streams that are in pipes underneath the city. And they've and marked out some of them, haven't they? So you can see that underneath here is pipes with fish swimming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. We we spoke with, um, in a recent episode, we spoke with Mike Joy, the researcher who is all about advocating for uh, more freshwater protections. And he talked about how there's over 50 species of native fish in New Zealand. Amazing. Mm. And I think people know about sort of like we've got we've got some eels and... We've got white bait, but maybe don't know how amazing our those habitats are. And um, I just listened to Perrine's interview with Bruce Foster, who's an artist, a photographer, who's really passionate about freshwater and has been uh, using his photographs to sort of document the degradation of streams in, in New Zealand. So I'm just like continuing with the theme here. And we're going to be learning more about um, the people who are helping freshwater and other water and oceans as well Fantastic. in Wellington. Like I say, these guys um, are close to my heart because my kids have got to go on some of the programs, which has been, they've been really lucky. Fabulous. <laughs> oh, cool. So Mountains to Sea is a charity that puts freshwater and marine education programs in, uh, in Wellington to inspire students uh, and help them get to know our special uh, local streams and oceans. Um, and I've got Zoe Studd from Mountains to Sea uh, here to tell us more about the organization. Hi, Zoe. Hi. Welcome to B-Side Stories. Thanks for having me. Um, it's great to hear the lineup of amazing people that you've already had talking about freshwater. Absolutely. And you're, I guess, what's the role of in this sort of suite of freshwater hmm. advocacy? What's yeah. The, what's the role of Mountain to Sea? Well, um, as you've already covered, there's like a really massive community of people in Wellington working around freshwater and nationally. And, um, and that's really because it's become such a massive issue. You know, I really think it's top of mind for lots of New Zealanders. Um, streams they used to swim in as children, they're places they can't go to anymore. Um, so for Mountains to Sea, really our mission is to reconnect people with their waterways. Um, and I really, f you know, there's a lot of places now in urban areas where people look at their local stream and they think there surely can't be anything living there. There can't be anything that I care about living in that stream. Um, and, I, and, to, and to no longer sort of have a, have a connection with it. But um, in our programs and through our community events and a lot of our citizen science work, we're about getting people back down to those local places, reconnecting and discovering what's there. And if you've talked to Stu, you'll know, obviously, there's lots of freshwater fish hanging out in our stormwater drains mm. um, that sustain with our urban streams. And I think um, freshwater fish species and tuna especially, they're amazing ambassadors. You know, once you know you've got something like that living in your local stream, you're far more inclined to take care of it. 
um, and to have a connection with it. So essentially, we're about getting people to rediscover their connection and to act as kaitiaki for their, their rivers and their harbours. And as you mentioned, our coastlines as well, though... At this time of year, we don't go anywhere near the ocean. <laughs> we look at it, and then we go to the stream, and we go working there instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave that for the summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, wh- I guess what's unique about the approach that Mountains to Stream takes to um, education programs is that what yeah. you describe? So, um, I guess there's several parts to what we do, and the education components are really big one. Um, and we work with schools right across the Wellington region. So we're in Wairarapa and Kapiti all the way through to um, Wellington. Um, and we do a, a national program called the Whitebait Connection. And that's a term-long inquiry that's looking at freshwater health issues. We teach kids how to do freshwater monitoring. Um, they do um, a whole range of different things. They look at the habitat. And then we support them to develop restoration and kaitiaki projects of their own. Um, and what's been really exciting over the last few years is the students' kaitiaki projects have become more and more ambitious. And as they've become more ambitious, we've become more ambitious in supporting them with their work. So we now, we kind of think of ourselves like a dating agency or a Tinder for nature because we connect <laughs> in with lots of different other organisations as well. So I know the people that you're talking about that you've already spoken to because we're all the time reaching out to them and going, we've got a bunch of students here who are doing this. Can you connect in and support them with this kind of work? And I'm going to be excited to share some of that stuff with you guys a bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Can Can you give us an example now of like yeah. a, a cool program that was dreamt up by young people? And Yeah, for sure. So in Porirua, we have a, a great bunch of young kaitiaki from Brandon Intermediate. Um, and we did some work with them on their local stream, Kinipuru stream. It flows out into Te Awarua Porirua, the harbour out there. Um, and we took them out and we did some fish trapping and we looked at what freshwater fish species were living in their stream. And um, and they were finding an amazing array of whitebait species that had come in and had actually then grown into these quite large, some of them 30 centimetres long, banded kokopu and giant kokopu living in their stream. But they realised that there was a big problem because um, back in the 60s, a retention pond had been put up in Cannons Creek Lake um, and the fish could no longer get through there. So Mm. the fish passageway had been blocked just through channelling and and perch culverts and a whole range of different issues that fish have to deal with. Um, And so they went down to the region, they went down to the local council and they presented for the long-term plan and they said they wanted to turn Cannons Creek Lake back into a tuna or an eel sanctuary. Um, and obviously young people are pretty exciting to talk to when you're in a long-term planning meeting for the council. So they were very excited, and um, and over the last two years, the students have been putting in baffles and ropes to help the fish climb up to get into Cannons Creek Lake. Um, they've been doing planting alongside one of the concrete channels to help improve the habitat. We've been working with some great people from ATS Environmental who've been coming along and assisting the kids with that as well. So that's one example of where students have really championed an environmental issue um, and they've got this big vision for what they want to see in their local in their local community. And those kids have kind of become sort of superstars. So now everyone wants to interview them and, <laughs> and they're doing TV slots places and, you know, they're rather excited about it. But that's really cool. And for me, you know, that's a really great model. Like if you've got young people championing, it's actually much easier to get other people on board. And um, and that collaboration involves 
organisations like Conservation Volunteers New Zealand, the local community, um, the city council. Uh, we've got amazing local rongua practitioners who are coming down and looking at the plantings and talking about um, some of their medicinal purposes as well. So, you know, that's that's for us the ideal is to support groups to get to that level of um, of independence mm. and, you know, passion for their own local environment, particularly when you might have been looking at a stream that, that wasn't looking very good and that people were really disconnected from. Yeah, is it yeah. is it hard to help young people get excited about a grubby old stream that doesn't really Not look at like all. It? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, often... Um, Often they've never looked closely, but I think it's really natural for kids to get excited, A, about being out of the classroom. Um, and we there's four of us full-time, and we're all full nature nerds, and we're all very enthusiastic about that as well. So, you know, that goes a long way. But, you know, for kids, a day in a stream and a pair of gumboots is an exciting day, you know? Um, and even in some of the most degraded streams around Wellington, there's still life. So there's still things persisting in those environments. Um, and there's another stream a bit further down from the um, example I was giving you before, and that's an Enunga spawning site. That's where whitebait are actually spawning, and the students have gone in there. Um, and it doesn't look like much, but on the banks and during the, the full moon and the high tides, we're getting white baits swimming in there to lay their eggs, and they've done the most beautiful murals and have an incredible project they ran through there with Pataka Art Gallery as well, sort of redesigning the stream. And, you know, um, they made stencils and they tagged all the way up through the park, sort of indicating where the white bait were travelling to as well. So, no, it's not difficult. <laughs> it's not difficult. It's really natural. I think as adults we lose that. You know, we lose that ability to go down and reconnect in the same way. But kids, it's for them, it's second nature. How is our water doing in Wellington? Um, we've got some big challenges. And um, uh, as you know, last weekend, well, last week on the Friday, we held a freshwater hui. Um, and that regional hui brought together people from um, the Wairarapa and Kapiti and right across Wellington um, to come together, community groups, mana whenua, um, lots of different organisations who are all working in that freshwater space. Um, and really, collectively, we've looked at you know where we're seeing degradation, where we're seeing decline in biodiversity, and that's we haven't solved that issue yet in Wellington. So we are we are we are in a, a state of decline, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done um, in the Wellington region. Um, and I take hope from places where we are getting these, you know, these great stories coming through. But a really large-scale approach and change in the way that we interact with our environment. And I'm sure when you talk to Stu Farrant, he talked about stormwater drains. Well, those are our old streams. And in Wellington, most of our streams were piped, and we started calling them stormwater drains. Well, you're not going to qu- care about a stormwater drain, but you are going to care about it if you know that it was once a stream and that it's home to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So our part on that puzzle is really getting people reconnected and excited about what they can do. Um, and there were some wonderful outcomes from that hui and, and ways that we might go forward. Um, and I feel like in Wellington, there is quite a strong collective effort, you know, to get some really great outcomes and preserve what we've got and enhance where we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there was also um, a bit of an announcement about some great new funding for Mountains to See yeah. uh, at the at the Hui. Do yes. you want 
tell us about that and uh, yeah. your, your big plans. The for big the, plan, the big plans. Well, um, you know, and those and those funny things of those political um, announcements is we actually got the funding a year ago. <laughs> so I've had lots of congratulations, which was great. But we were waiting for the minister to have an opportunity to share that news, which was fantastic. So the cool thing is, is that that project's actually been underway for a year already. Um, and we've that's called the Whitebait Connection Project for Wellington, and and that nods to the national program. So there is a, a big component of that that's for education and continuing to reach community groups and school groups. Um, and then there's two other elements of that project which we're really excited about, and one is the development of um, you know tools to support community groups and schools who are doing restoration planning. So if they want to work on a particular freshwater issue, we can come in and support them to make plans that can then be shared with the wider community and get people on board. Um, and for them to know that their their restoration plans are actually going to get somewhere, are going to make have an impact. Um, and then the second part of that is around citizen science. So we've just developed a resource that's around um, monitoring of freshwater fish in local streams because we want people to know that those fish are there. Um, but also they're one of the first things that will respond to change in a stream. So if you're doing work to improve a stream, you'll see those species start to return. Um, and a freshwater monitoring database. And unfortunately Liz isn't here. Um, she's a bit sick after the freshwater hooey. Lots of talking that day, so she's lost her voice. But mm. um, she's really leading that work, um, particularly around the citizen science. And that's providing freshwater monitoring for community groups. Um, freshwater monitoring, uh, freshwater fish monitoring support as well um, and support for their restoration. So it's actually, when I think about it, not a massive budget for a lot of work, but we'll just keep on doing what we can do and um, and we work with lots of partners. So the sum of what we do is much greater because there are such a great network here in Wellington. Yeah. yeah. And w what kind of um, support or advice do people need when, when you're um, helping them like take care of their stream better is it like some scientific advice that you're giving mm. or is it more how to engage the community yeah so a bit of both yeah um so sometimes you know a community group will say we have an idea and we we want to understand how our stream might change as a result of doing that work so is it riparian planting is it putting some habitat into their stream is it improving, you know, helping fish get up into the upper part of the catchment where they can spawn and, and live for a long period of time. Um, and so we can provide, you know, some technical expertise or connect them with people who have technical expertise. I mean, we're all scientists by training who've all segued into education and have found that that's where we, where we want to make our contribution. Um, and then I think the other thing... That's where we really want to empower community groups is you've got these restoration ideas. Here's what you can do. This is going to be an effective thing to do for your stream. And here's how you can monitor it to know if or not if you're having an impact. And that might take a really long time to see. Um, but it also tells a really important story for other other um, you know local and central government agencies for them to start, you know, really considering what community groups are doing for freshwater management around Wellington. Um, and then at the Hui, we had some amazing artists who came from um, the Wairarapa, um, Steve and Sam, and they've been working on an exhibition over there called um, Why. 
And, um, and Sam Ludden is an incredible ceramics artist. He does these amazing eels, and he uses them for storytelling and to engage the community in their freshwater ways. Um, and Steve had done some beautiful work um, renaming and rediscovering the streams of Wairarapa that had been renamed, you know, during colonisation, had been renamed and all piped or wherever they'd been. Mm. Um, so she was sort of daylighting and renaming those streams um, through a botanical collection as well. So they spoke really beautifully about um, about ways to connect community with waterways, even if they don't want to get in and do the monitoring or do the planting, ways that they might connect in and, and feel like there's a role for them to play in their fresh waterway or even that they can just have a relationship with that place. Yeah. Neat. You mentioned that you are a scientist and an um, environment nerd. I think, <laughs> nature nerd. Nature, nature nerd. nerd is the word we use. <laughs> um, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to be involved in Mountains to Sea? Oh, yeah, it's a long and twisty. It's a long and twisty story. But I, um, my background's in marine science, um, and actually, all of us who work at Mountains to Sea Wellington um, have had a, like a marine science training in some manner or another and um and Liz has done freshwater work as well and uh we started by delivering I was I'd worked as a dive instructor and I I retrained as a teacher after doing a bit of environmental policy work and then I ended up um volunteering with this um with uh this great woman who was here in Wellington and she was delivering a program called Experiencing Marine Reserves to two or three school groups a year um, and um, and that was right up my valley, and we had a wonderful time. And then um, she moved on, and I was thought, oh, that's pretty fun. I'll start doing a little bit more of that, and and then stepped out to go get my registration, and uh, and was working out in Porirua. And while I was in Porirua, I was taking my kids out snorkeling. I was doing the Experiencing Marine Reserves program, but I thought actually there's not really any marine reserves in Porirua, but there's a harbour that's in need of a lot of love and support. Mm. And so developed up an idea around uh, a program for Porirua. Um, and at the same time, Liz and Alan, who you guys interviewed about five years ago, um, they'd started moving into more freshwater education. So it really took until uh, Wānanga that we had up in, um, in Raglan about six years ago. Amazing freshwater ecologist called Bruno Davies took us out on a night tour of a stream. And I thought, there's not really going to be anything to see here. And uh, he took us spotlighting, and he was pulling out the most incredible redfin bullies and bluegill bullies. And, you know, native fish that was sort of 30 or 40 centimetres long I'd never seen before and never even knew they were there. Um, and that really hooked us in. Um, and so the freshwater program's been really strong in Wellington for a long time, um, and particularly since then. So we're all marine scientists who thought that the freshwater realm was perhaps not so interesting and then, you know, kind of slowly discovered how incredible it was and how crucial it is to the health of our coastline as mm. well and to our marine environment. So that connection's really easy. And um, and a couple of years ago, we um, formed as an independent trust and we've been running as Mountains to Sea Wellington for the last two years under that. And we're closely affiliated to the National Trust, Mountains to Sea Conservation Trust. So we cause lots of confusion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did that answer your question? I felt like you asked me what I did, and then I kind of went off mountains to about sea. About how where mountains to sea came. <laughs> how it all came about. Yeah. Um, 
And what is the connection between our freshwater and our oceans or our marine world that, yeah. you, that you see if you go snorkeling in Island Bay and all those beautiful places? Right. Wow. If you've ever been snorkeling in Island Bay after a rain event, you'll know that you can't see a thing. <laughs> and the reason you can't see a thing is that it's filled up with sediment and it's filled up with stormwater. And those all come from the land and they all come from the way that we treat our catchments and in, in the way that we relate to our catchment as well. So, um, so yeah, that connection's pretty clear when you're out having a snorkel, and that's a great thing to show. Even though they might not see anything in the water, it's a great thing for students to experience as well, to see that change in their marine environment after we've had a big flood event. Um, or just even rain, you know, the stuff that comes down our stormwater drain. Sometimes we can't swim in that coastal environment. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a really clear connector. Um, and there's lots of species, amazing species, like the tuna that migrate all the way to Tonga. They do this incredible journey. They come down our rivers. They swim out through our harbours. They go off to Tonga, somewhere in the Tongan Trent, somewhere around Fiji. They don't actually know exactly where. There's some cool research around that at the moment where they're putting trackers on eels. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, are they going to make it, like the tracker? Will it make it? Hopefully, hopefully. So they'll find That's out epic. where they're spawning. Yeah. And then, you know, those young those young eels, those young spawn, they make their way back to Wellington and swim back up. So, uh, not back to Wellington, well, some to Wellington, but all around the coastline of New Zealand. Um, and our white bait, you know, they need their diadromus, they need the marine environment, they need the freshwater environment to complete their life cycle. You know, when everyone's out white baiting, they're catching the young. They're catching the young white bait that have they've spent the first six months of their life out at sea. So that that connection um, is a really important part of um, our freshwater fish mm. and our freshwater biodiversity as well. Um, so yeah, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. How can people uh, get involved with Mountains to Sea in whatever ways their community group or child at home or school group might want to engage? Oh, look, you can engage on all those levels. Great. So um, we run our freshwater education program, the Whitebait Connection, and that's available to schools right across Wellington. Um, and through the Whitebait Connection Project funding, we're really lucky. We've got funding um, to reach communities that we haven't been able to in the past. So any school group can get in contact with us. And, um, and if we've got enough man hours, then we always say yes, because we always get excited, um, <laughs> particularly if we haven't worked with people before. Um, we run community events and we connect them with other community groups as well. Um, and also we're available if people are running a community event and they are near a stream or a river and they, they want someone to come and talk or to even showcase some of the species that are in the local area, really happy to, to, um, to assist with that stuff. Um, and then for community groups... Um, we're obviously, we have a lot of support for community groups, but we're running training on freshwater monitoring and freshwater fish monitoring as well. Um, and we have an epic amount, we have an epic group of volunteers who assist with snorkeling and our education programs and, and anyone who wants experience or, you know, enjoys spending some time with kids or coming out to community events or doing the science, then there's a role for them too. Um, and we have an amazing board of trustees, but we're often looking for people who want to contribute on that level as well. So lots of different ways you can help environmental NGOs. <laughs> Don't be shy. Yeah. Um, 
Thank you, Zoe, for joining oh, us. Telling thanks us for all having about me. To see. I thought maybe I wouldn't have enough to say, but actually I've <laughs> talked nonstop. <laughs> uh, it sounds like there's a lot of incredible work going yeah, on in freshwater great work. and beyond. So, yeah, thanks for your work. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for listening to B-Side Stories, everyone. And we will just go out with a little bit from Nick Granville and the Band of Giants. <laughs> <laughs>